The opinions of the hosts on KDWN are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name's Brian Black. We're here with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. I'm going to apologize to you in advance. You might hear my voice cracking a little bit. I've been losing my voice all weekend, and I'm going to make it through with some throat lozenges and some... uh, some water. It didn't help that I went to a three-day music festival for nine day, nine hours a day. Uh, I, I didn't realize that shouting to your friends at a concert for three days might make your voice worse. <laughs> so I'm a little crackly this morning, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, Brian A. Lowe and Associates uh, concentrates on many different areas of the law, but there is a primary focus toward elder law, toward estate planning, toward um, uh, financial planning uh, for seniors, and one of the things that we've been talking about in previous weeks is uh, a subject that's come up several times was medical durable powers of attorney. Uh, we talked about living wills last week, and uh, the, the, the term durable power of attorney kept coming up and kept coming up during the course of the conversation. And uh, we felt like it might be a good idea for us to explore that a little bit more because it's something that apparently is you're going to need in virtually every situation. Uh, when you're doing your planning. Is that correct? It is. Matter of fact, we believe in our firm that uh, one of the most important documents that a person can can execute is uh, good, durable powers of attorney because you never know when incapacity will come. Once incapacity comes, you don't have the ability to execute a durable power of attorney. And it appears that out of every 100% of the people that die, which mm-hmm. all of us die, yeah. 70% of them at towards the end of their life are suffering from some degree of incompetence. That's huge. It's huge. And of those 70%, there's only about 30% of those that have ever done any pre-planning to prepare for that. And so it is something that they need to do to take care of themselves while they're still alive. So I, I've heard the term power of attorney on TV my whole life, uh, and, I, and I have a general idea that that means that someone has the right to act on my behalf. But this, the, the, the term durable power of attorney, is there, is there a distinction, or is it, what, what does that mean? Well, let's <clears throat> talk about uh, powers of attorney. One, for, for hundreds of years, people have been able to give a power of attorney to someone else to perform certain functions for them. Mm-hmm in the event that they are not there to perform those functions themselves. In common law, powers of attorney were revoked when a person became incapacitated or incompetent or when they died. And now we have what's known as durable powers of attorney, which uh, they survive incapacity, they survive uh, incompetence, they survive time. Mm-hmm. They, they are there to do those things that the grantor of the power has given them when they need to, do, to have that power. Now, something that strikes me as odd is, I mean, it seems like that's when you would want a power of attorney the most. 
is when you've become incapacitated, something that you could have planned, like, well, if I ever get to a, like, like, you know, when we're talking about a medical durable power of attorney, if I'm ever, you know, in a vegetative state, I'm in a coma, then I want somebody to take care of my business. It seems strange that there was ever a time that your power of attorney would expire the minute you need it, or am I off base there? Well, in some states, California, for one, put a time limit on a lot of durable powers of attorney. Mm -hmm. And so just about the time that an individual needed someone to act for and in their behalf, it became invalid because it, it expired by time. But yes, uh, the purpose of having a durable power of attorney is to have that document ready when it is needed. And that is when the greatest need is, is when they become incompetent. But to have that satisfied, you have to, while you, you're still competent and have the capacity to do it, create these documents and choose the people who you want to act for and in your behalf when you become incompetent and can't make those decisions yourself. So it's probably a better idea, the best idea, to start planning this early during when you're when you're still in the prime of your health and the prime of your financial security and in your working life. Uh, just like we've talked about in, in the many weeks that we've talked about this so far, um, it's best to plan early, and that way you can make a reasonable judgment as to who you want to put in charge when that time comes. Yes, and you never know when the time may come. It may be today while you're going to work, someone uh, hits you. Right. And now all of a sudden you're suffering uh, trauma, a lot mm -hmm. of trauma, brain injury, and now you're going to be incompetent possibly the rest of your life. Right. And so we generally feel that someone, once they reach the age of 18, should, in fact, consider having a durable power of attorney. That does not mean that they are giving away any rights, mm -hmm. because as the grantor of the power of attorney, they have all of the power. Right. All they're doing is they are giving certain powers to individuals to assist them in the event they become incompetent. Under certain circumstances. Correct. Correct. And the attorney, in fact, really does not... Um, uh, overpower the principle of the durable power of attorney. If you have a question about durable powers of attorney, give us a call, 702-257-5396 on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line. We're speaking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. And uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to go a little bit in deeper as to how to grant somebody this power of attorney and what makes it a great idea for you. We'll be back on Ask the Experts in just a moment on 720 AM KDWN. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call at 702-257-5396 on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line. My name's Brian Black, and we're talking about powers of attorney, uh, specifically durable powers of attorney. Uh, if you haven't uh, or just joining us, uh, that is the contrast between a power of attorney that expires at a certain point and a power of attorney that is quite literally durable that survives an incapacitating event. Now, I had a question for you, Brian. When we're talking about incompetence and we're talking about an event that uh, that could keep you from from executing your your business, uh, are we talking about complete incompetence? Or are we always talking about a medical uh, trauma? Or are there other circumstances when, when you might want the power to move on to another person? Well, yes. Um, 
recently they took a um, a study to see what the ten top uh, reasons for uh, incompetence or death are, mm-hmm. and it looked from this study that uh, uh, trauma, accidental uh, trauma, right, uh, strokes, Alzheimer's, are in the I think they're in the fifth, sixth, and seventh place Mm -hmm. of causing incompetence. And so you look at the first two accidents. Mm -hmm. We never know when an accident's going to happen. Yes. You can get get hit over the head with a golf ball or a baseball or or whatever. Fall in the bathtub, anything. That's right. And that could come at any age. The next would be stroke. Mm -hmm. And... More and more people are suffering from, from strokes, even at an earlier age, starting in their late 30s, going into the 40s, 50s, 60s. A lot of them now are having strokes, and this can cause a lot of um, incompetence mm-hmm. that will go on forever. Um, then there's dementia. As everyone gets older, there is a certain amount of dementia that comes upon the body. Some of it is worse than others, but Alzheimer's is one of the ones that everyone hopes that they never get right? because that's probably one of the worst. So with Alzheimer's, it, it basically takes away the competence of, of the individual and they do not understand, they don't recognize people even, or even their spouses or right. their, their children, etc. So this is a real problem that people have to deal with at all times in their lives. So is there ever a time when you would want to grant a power of attorney uh, when, you, when you're not a victim of the, those types of circumstances? A lot of people will do specific powers of attorney. For instance, mm-hmm. You have a checking account. You want your child to be on that checking account, but they, you don't want to ruin your estate plan by saying that the checking account is all going to go to this one child right. when you die. And so they will put a specific power of attorney giving that individual the right to make, I mean, to sign checks, right. to pay the bills, do whatever. We see people that want to sell real estate and it's, they're not going to be in town when the real estate's going to close. And so they give someone a specific power. With a general durable power, it's so broad. And it's got to be broad because if you don't make it broad enough, it means that at the, right at the point when you really need someone to make that decision and you have not given them the power, right. then you have to move into crisis planning. And a crisis planning is where you don't have the power or you didn't give anyone any powers and you have to go to the courts and have a guardianship uh, established so that someone can be appointed to be the person who will watch over your financial affairs. And I guess it's kind of like booking a hotel room or a flight at the last minute at that point. It's more of a pain and it's more expensive and you should have planned a little bit further in advance, correct? True. And with a guardianship, you are not in control. Right. With a durable power of attorney, you remain in control. You're not giving away anything. You are just giving someone the right to act for and in your behalf. But you still have the power. 
when you go to a guardianship, that power is taken away from you. Right. And the courts give that power to someone else. You no longer have the ability to make those decisions. And so everyone should try to avoid mm-hmm. having to go through a guardianship situation where the power is taken away, they're declared to be incompetent, and now people will only deal with their guardian. And I would imagine the judicial system, if it were thought of as a single entity, they don't want to take everything, you know what I'm saying? They, they would much rather you plan, and you have a document in place that allows for everything that you need so that they can just execute it instead of going through a lengthy judicial process, correct? That's true. Otherwise, with the number of people that become incompetent, and it's increasing uh, all the time, the courts would not be able to keep up with, uh, with the need. So we've got a couple of more minutes here. So um, we've talked about medical durable powers of attorney. Let's talk about financial. So we're talking about estate planning, and you're, you're going to grant somebody to be your attorney in fact. And I, that might be confusing to some people because you go to an attorney, you go to Brian A. Lowe and Associates uh, to set this up, but you're actually setting up somebody as, as your attorney in fact could be your spouse. Is this correct? That's correct. Or, or a child whoever. Or a, or a trusted person. Mm-hmm. So what, what is the advantage of setting that up uh, formally as opposed to, you know, like my parents, my sister takes care of all of their bills. She writes all the checks. She does everything for them. Uh, what's the advantage of making her the attorney in fact? The advantage is that you're choosing her. Mm-hmm. You've decided that she's the one that has helped out in the past, has an interest uh, in your mother, let's say, and is willing to do it and is familiar with with what needs to be done. Right. And I'm not going to come in and, and, and or whoever, some other party is not going to come in and go, no, you're doing this wrong. There's a document proving that you're the person who is in charge of this and That's that correct. it was made under, under uh, the circumstances of competency. And um, I guess it's, it's a great way to avoid the conflict that you often see when it comes to uh, wills and estates and things like that. Correct? That's correct. So and Now, with a guardianship, too, anyone can petition the court to become a, the guardian of an individual. Mm-hmm. The court tries their best to make sure that that person needs to have a guardian. Mm-hmm. But who is going to be appointed? You get into sibling, uh, sibling rivalries. Right. You get into uh, mistrust. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that, that happen with a guardianship. Uh, oftentimes you don't, you feel like you don't, you can do everything yourself. You're competent enough to, to do everything that needs to be done, but your next door neighbor has called senior protective services and senior protective services have, have now said, look, this person, or they do a little investigation. This person needs to have a guardian. Right. And if you can't find a guardian at that time, generally they will get a hold of the, uh, uh, of the public guardian. We have a public guardian here in, in the state, and that public guardian will petition the court to become the guardian of that individual. And they don't don't know the individual. They don't have their hand their their hand on the pulse of the of the ward. So, what 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 is the public guardian exactly? Is that an appointed position? What is that? Yes, it is. It's a so it's a government position. It's uh, and this person just. When there is no one else, just acts basically like a bureaucrat and is in charge of people's estates. Like how many, I mean, is it a, a whole bunch of people? Is it just one person? What's the deal? Well, they, they have a staff. There's mm-hmm. a public guardian, and then they have a, 
a whole staff of individuals, and and they hire lots of attorneys, and they uh, take over all of the financial affairs and the personal affairs of of an individual, a ward, who the courts say needs someone to watch over them. Mm-hmm. And so it's the courts have taken over. The public guardian is, has taken over all of the powers, is in complete control, and the ward no longer has any power. So I'm sure that the, the, the office of the public guardian, I'm sure they're doing the best that they can under the circumstances that they're on. But if you, would you advise somebody to get to that point ever? No, no. I advise everyone, and I can't say it strongly enough, that they should get in a bare minimum, bare minimum, they should have some durable powers of, of attorney. So when you're, um, you're like I said, you know, there, you can't plan this too early. I think that I, I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but just like you just said, you cannot stress it enough. Early planning is the way to go. It's not an expensive process. Uh, you can visit Brian A. Lowe at Brian A. Lowe & Associates. You can give them a call at 702-259-002. Um, and you... It's a free consultation, correct? It is. They come in. We will talk about what their needs are. Maybe they have some specific needs in their durable power of attorney, which we can put into it. It's it's not just a form, but we try to expand that as much as we can. So, so when they walk into your office, um, what? Just to, uh, we're going to get back into some more details about powers of attorney in just a moment. But just to, to clue people in in this last minute, when the, the, they're going to do a durable power of attorney. Would this also include like a will or a trust? You should have a, a will along with it. You should have a trust if, you, if at all possible. But uh, that durable power of attorney is something that really takes care of them while they're still alive. All right. If you have a question for Brian Alo of Brian Alo and Associates, give us a call at 702-257-5396 on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line. I'm Brian Black, and we'll be back in just a moment with Ask the Experts. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. I'm Brian Black speaking with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe, give us a call right now at 702-257-5396 on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line. We've been talking about durable powers of attorney, uh, and we were contrasting a durable power of attorney with court guardianship, which is uh, sounds to me like a last resort, a situation that you don't want to get into where you haven't done your planning and you become incompetent and the court takes over. And then there's a third uh, column here on uh, the sheet that Brian provided to me, something called a revocable living trust. Now, can you explain that a little bit to me, please? Yes, it's where you, while you have, are competent, and have the capacity to do so, you create a trust. Now, a, a revocable living trust is is something that you do some of your lifetime financial planning on mm-hmm. uh, because you appoint someone in the trust. Generally, it's your yourself mm-hmm. that you are appointing to be the trustee of that trust. You put assets into the trust. The trustee is the one that manages and watches over those assets and takes care of you pursuant to the terms of that trust. So mm-hmm. that trust can take care of you during your lifetime. Okay. Then when you die, then the trust continues and the trust can go on for hundreds of years. And 
with successor trustees. Okay. And the successor trustee then steps up to the plate when it's when it's time, and they then control it and carry out the provisions of the trust. So with a trust, you not only can take care of your own financial affairs during your your lifetime, right. even during periods of incompetence, mm-hmm. but you can use that to pass your assets on to that next generation and to the next generation. It can go on for many generations, and it can all be taken care of with with a, uh, a trust document. So uh, this is a way for you to be able to set terms about how your assets are managed during your lifetime and beyond your lifetime. Um, and my first question before you got into the expla- uh, explanation of it, I was going to say, well, you know, why do you need to make yourself the trustee of your own assets? Why can't you just manage your assets and then just leave your assets in a will? But now I understand because obviously this is the under the terms of how you want these things to be executed after you go, correct? That is correct. And also how you want those uh, those assets managed and controlled while you're still alive. Okay. So... When we're talking about a durable power of attorney and a revocable living trust, now, would you recommend both of these to uh, a client? When you, uh, is, Are there certain circumstances where you would recommend one over the other or both? Or, you know, are, is this another one of those situations that you don't want to get into because you'd rather be into one of them? The more the attorney has to do, mm-hmm. the more it's going to cost. Right. And so some people want to do a lot, even though they may not have many assets, but they they know that they want to provide for, let's say, a supplemental need or a special needs uh, person. It could mm-hmm. be the spouse. It could be a beneficiary, a child, whatever. Right. And so they put that in the trust. They do a lot of things with the trust that you don't do with the durable power of attorney because the durable power of attorney lapses. It dies when the grantor of that uh, power dies. Okay. It does not survive death. So my question to you would be, the first thing that you need to do is set up a general durable power of attorney, correct? That is a bare minimum. Everyone 18 years of age or older should have a durable power of attorney. Now, oftentimes we see in society some people trying to make sure that that uh, this is not a an old document and maybe somebody's taken advantage of an elderly person or right. an incompetent person will say, well, this durable power of attorney is too old. Right. It's, it's eight years old. We're not going to use that. You're going to have to go back. And so periodically a person, even though the, the law says it does not die with time, mm-hmm. The public oftentimes puts time limits on it. And so what you do is uh, periodically when you are updating your estate plan, you'll Mm -hmm. probably want to update your durable power of attorney. And our durable powers of attorney generally get to be 20 plus pages because we try to get as many powers into that durable power of attorney as we possibly can because when the day comes and you're incompetent and you haven't given all the power that the that the attorney in fact needs and he needs that power what you do is you you go to court and you have a guardian appointed then the durable power of attorney 
lapses because of the guardianship. And so now you're a ward of the court. Right. And it's what the court says uh, is going to be done. That's what will be done. And who does it? The guardian is the one that the court appoints. We're speaking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Uh, Brian, how many powers of attorney would you say you've done in the past 30 years here in Las Vegas? I don't know. It's in the thousands. So having that much experience and being a local Las Vegas attorney, um, I would say that it would be fair to say that you have a lot of experience in being able to come up with all the situations that might arise in a person's life when you're talking about these documents, correct? That is correct. But occasionally there will be new situations that come up because society changes over mm -hmm. time, and we will see that the durable powers, there's an additional power that should be in there because some people are need that power now, and they haven't given it to their to their attorney, in fact, and so... That's the time that they need to just update it. But it gets larger as time goes on. Well, yeah, I'm holding one in my hands right now. And as you said, this thing is uh, 22 pages long. Is that a normal length for a power of attorney? Yeah, 20 to 25 pages. And mm -hmm. the reason that, um, well, you know, I mean, the reason that you need to go see Brian Elo and Associates is because that you need somebody who knows what they're doing to set this up. And like I said, there's, there's provisions on provisions here, uh, the power to loan and borrow, the power to prosecute and defend legal actions. And you never know what situation you're going to find yourself in at any point in your life. And, and it, it's not necessarily a matter, if I'm not mistaken here, of being completely, you know, you're not in a coma. You're not, you know, you're not completely out of the picture, but you might not be able to successfully execute uh, what you would do um, because of the, the circumstances in your life, correct? That's correct. So if you did say, for instance, you were in a car accident tomorrow, you're driving home from work, it's not necessarily that you are going to be completely, completely gone. You might just be in such a situation that you're just not able to do this. You can be taken advantage of. Somebody can overpower you mentally or physically or whatever mm -hmm. and do things uh, that could hurt your financial affairs. So the best thing we can advise at this point, give Brian A. Lowe a call. It's 702-259-0002. To make an appointment and plan before, plan before the situation arises. We'll be back in just a few minutes on Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We're talking about powers of attorney. And um, I just want to make a distinction for our listeners right now. When we're talking about a power of attorney, yes, that could actually put your actual attorney in charge of your affairs. But when we're talking about powers of attorney, durable powers of attorney, you're actually assigning whoever you want to be in charge of your estate, of your assets, of your uh, your um, decisions. Is that correct? That is correct. And so I think a lot, and maybe not a lot of people, I think there is maybe some confusion there where, uh, you know, some people who haven't had a lot to do with legal documents in their life, who haven't had a lot to do with the court system in their life, they hear the word attorney, and it's a little bit scary to them. And I, I, I just wanted to make that distinction before we move further into the powers of attorney in the last section. It's, it's interesting that you say that, but it is confusing to people because they'll come in and they'll say, well, uh, you know, as I look over your, your durable power of attorney, 
your attorney and uh, I, I say, who do you want to be your attorney in fact? And they mm-hmm. say, well, does your firm do it? Do, you know, right? Are there professional attorneys that do this? No, it's who they pick. So I, I imagine if you had a family friend who was an attorney and you thought they were a competent individual or they were your brother or something, they could be your attorney, in fact. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about putting somebody in charge of your affairs whom you trust and you think will do a great job of managing your affairs in the case that you cannot do it. That's correct. And I noticed on the very first page of this uh, power of attorney that I'm looking at right now, a a general durable power of attorney, there's different, uh, there's successor attorneys, in fact. There's actually a list of people... um, What's how do you set that up? Well, the problem that you have when you're choosing someone is that they may become incompetent before you do. Right. If it's or, a spouse, for instance, or a spouse or a friend, anyone, mm-hmm. uh, they may die before you do mm-hmm. or the need arises. And so uh, and at that time, if you don't have a successor named and you don't have the, the competence now to make that decision. Right. Now we're pushed over into a crisis situation and have to go to the courts and get a guardianship appointed mm-hmm. and you declared incompetent and give those powers to someone else. So, for instance, you could uh, say, for instance, you, you start doing a general durable power of attorney, you name your spouse. Then after that, you say, well, if, if my spouse is not able to serve, then my daughter or my son, and then go on down the list until you, you, you run out of people that you would like to handle your affairs. That is correct. So we've been talking about general durable powers of attorney, and we, uh, just in the last sex, uh, segment we were talking about a revocable living trust to handle financial affairs. Um, when we're talking about a general and financial power of attorney, last week we talked about medical durable powers of attorney. Yes. Now, the word general, that leads me to believe that that includes the medical. Is that not right? No, it, it doesn't. We, when you go to court uh, for a guardianship, mm-hmm. it has traditionally been broken down into a guardianship of the person. Mm-hmm. And then there's either a guardian of the estate or the conservator of the estate, depending on which state you're in. They call them different things. Right. But those have been broken down into two areas, the person and the estate. And generally with a uh, durable power of attorney, what we will have is uh, um, the same thing. Mm -hmm. There will be a general durable power of attorney, which will take care of all the financial and... um, the medical durable power of attorney, which will take care of the person. Would you advise it be the same person that's it, that's uh, in charge of the... It, the uh, well, actually, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, the medical durable power of attorney is more of a document that states your wishes, whereas uh, the uh, power of attorney with general is putting someone in charge of making decisions with your finances. Is that correct? Well, the medical durable power of attorney is there to make all your, your medical decisions, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're going to continue to be hooked up to life support or whatever. We discussed this last week. And so it's good that we're moving into the financial durable power because now we're talking about everything else. It can be financial. It could be uh, getting, uh, making decisions on life insurance. It may be uh, making decisions on uh, trying to obtain VA benefits or Medicaid benefits or dealing with uh, SSDI or, or SSI or whatever. 
There are so many things that you give to your attorney, in fact, under a, a general durable power of attorney that's not just taking care of a bank account. Yeah, there's a whole section here in this uh, power of attorney that I'm holding right now, Article 3, uh, the power to fund, the power to sell, the power to buy, the power to invest, the power to contract, the power to manage real property. Um, there's just a huge list, and I guess that what you have to do when you're considering this and you're thinking about your future and the, the future of your assets and the future of your family is think about all the decisions that you make every day of your life and imagine if you weren't able to make those decisions. And if you have to write down, and that's exactly what you have to do with your attorney, Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, you have to write down all of those decisions and how you would like them to be managed in your absence. And uh, just it, it's, it's a complicated procedure. I, I, I think that uh, it's pretty plain to see that you need to have uh, a lawyer to help you with it. Yes. Now, there are some, some statutory forms that mm -hmm. are put out by the state of Nevada, and generally most of the states have statutory forms, but they are not really complete. Okay. They are, are not expanded into areas that oftentimes creep up that eventually lead you into having a guardianship established. And those, those forms may be uh, three, four pages long. Right. Better than nothing. Better than nothing, yes. And if that's the alternative, it's better to go even with the statutory form. Mm -hmm. It gives your attorney, in fact, some power. Right. But it is limited. It doesn't, uh, it's not expanded. If you need some real assistance in getting a durable power of attorney that will take care of you under all sit situations, you should see an attorney. So when, when the person, I, and this is a question that I've asked a few times already, so what's the process? You call Brian A. Lowe Associates at 702-259-0002. You set up a free appointment, and they walk in the office, and they start talking to you. What's the first question you ask? Well, we start off with just the simple things. What's their name? We try to get acquainted with them, what their situation is. Do they have family members? Do they have a lot of assets, not many assets, a little bit about their, their family background? Mm -hmm. Do they, have they had uh, individuals in their family that have had Alzheimer's or strokes or high blood pressure? Or, uh, what is their lifestyle like? So that we get a feel for the possibility that they will need early assistance. If you'd like to speak to Brian A. Lowe further, give him a call, 702-259-0002. Set up an appointment. It's a free consultation at his office. You can also visit them online at southernnevadalawyers.com. My name's Brian Black. You've been listening to Ask the Experts on AM 720 KDWN. Thank you. Thank you, Brian.